What's up, guys? Jason Payne, your host of the Sexy Business Status Podcast. I'm here with a good lifelong family friend since I was like 12, probably 12. That's right, it was. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Lane, Lane Peterson, uh, we were just talking off camera how Lane went to Highland, I went to Gilbert, um, and you know Rivalries. most of my cousins, right, Rivalries? Yeah. yeah most of my cousins when, yeah, all the, the Gilbert days. Are you from Gilbert then? Uh, I moved Ish. here when I was eight years old. We lived in Coolidge, Arizona. Cool. Yeah, my dad's a farmer, so Coolidge, we oh, lived yeah. down in Coolidge, and then he, uh, my mom and dad moved us up to Gilbert when I was like eight years old. Oh yeah, but still, that was yeah, because you know his all of his farmland was South Gilbert, Coolidge, Florence. Sure. Yeah, and it's all gone now, but sure, sure, that's yeah. crazy. But yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert, thirty years ago was. Uh, Oh, it was it was awesome. It was a great place to grow up. Right? It was all just farmland, dirt roads. I'd be like, it would be great to live here and grow your kids here. I'm like, dude, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, like that's where it was at. Oh, it was awesome. Two lane dirt roads. Ride your dirt bike down to Higley Hot Dog oh, on dude, Saturdays. Absolutely. <laughs> dude, I remember so my cousin Todd, uh, they live off right off of Fairview by the Gilbert Temple, uh -huh. right? And they live off of Fairview, been there for 40 years. And before that whole thing was developed, just Fairview was the only, there's what, 40 houses there? Yeah. All maybe. acre, you know, farmhouses. And yeah, I remember going, spending the night there. I'd go there Friday during the day. So we'd ride our quads or dirt bikes over to Higley Hot Dogs, get a Higley Hot Dog, get a, a vanilla shake. I still oh, remember yeah. it like. Or the blueberry shake was, was the best. Oh, blueberry. There yeah, you go. So and good. then we would um, and spend the night. And then the next day, same thing. We'd go back to Higley Hot Dog, but it was just. Dirt fields and alfalfa and jackrabbits and yeah, all that crap. A couple dairies you got to ride through. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Great so place, great place to grow. Funny up. we're talking about Gilbert and uh, all that. I remember my my sister and my mom and a couple others. They actually rode horses from Greenfield and Elliott where we lived, and they rode horses. It was like a all day thing, uh -huh. all the way to Higley Hot Dog and back. And they were fried. They were like tank tops, you know, <laughs> and they were just like tomato red, right. just. Ride, but they rode their horses to Higley Hot Dog and back. It's four or five miles, right? Yeah. At least, yeah, that's a, more than that's that. A good ride for on some horses. Yeah, yeah, there and back. And, and one day, I remember them doing that. So yeah, we would do that on Saturdays too, because my dad, our, our his, it was basically like Gilbert and Pecos area where our barn was, and I kept our horses, sure, and stuff like that. And then you remember Tyler Ray? Oh yeah, yeah, old school Gilbert guy as yep. well. We'd OG. go, we'd go saddle up the horses. We were like 10, 11, maybe twelve years old. <laughs> And we'd ride. Which just, is like 30 in Gilbert days, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, you're experienced by then. Yeah, I remember we were riding and they were, they had those big manure trucks, you know, they fertilized the, the, the ground with before sure. they plant the alfalfa or whatever yeah, yeah. they were doing. Well, one just drove like right by us and these horses went crazy, bucked us off right in the middle of, I think we were on Greenfield and Elliott or something yeah, like yeah. that, like right in the middle of the road. Horses take off. Somebody pulls over, picks us up. We got to go catch our horses. Go find them. But that was, that was Gilbert. Dude, it was awesome. I remember that we so th from there we moved to Lindsay and Fry, and that's when Lindsay Road was still two lanes, and it was under construction for like two years. Because I remember when it would rain, my dad and I would several times we'd have to go pull people out of the embankments because they tried to go like on the side oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just dirt there, so it's mud. Yeah. So they just get. I mean, they just sink. Yeah. Because it's not developed or anything. It was yeah. just old. I mean, slide right in. Two three feet of water. Yeah, it was crazy. Slide right in. It's crazy. So. So Lane, so in in your business, so you you didn't go the corporate route. So out of high school, where where'd you go? What'd you do? And why went, did you not go to or did you go to college? Went to ASU. I did. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I got uh, got done with high school. Um, did the whole two year thing out there on a mission. Came back. Mm -hmm. um, Where'd you serve? Mexico. 
Mexico. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, to and, Mexico City. So. Oh yeah, so I was just northeast of you. Yeah, right between Mexico City and Guadalajara. That area oh, there right in there. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, got back, went to ASU, graduated in accounting. So I went to school of business, WP Carey School of Business, graduated in okay. accounting. Uh, but while I was going to school, I had started framing. You know, working construction. Just I remember that. Getting myself, and I got married really quick. You know, I had a couple kids by the time I graduated. So, you know, having to make a living, I'm working 40, 60 hours a week, plus I'm going trying to get, you know, finish my degree, and I do it. And when I graduated, it was 2005. Oof. Mark, you know, construction's booming, right? Booming. Oh, five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Construction's booming. I got, you know, three or four framing crews. I'm building, you know, eight to 10 spec homes a year. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go be an accountant. This is, yeah. this is great. This is yeah. gravy. Sure, sure. So keep, uh, yeah, just kept doing that, and then... The crash came. Everything comes crashing down, right? And so at that point, that was, you know, 2008, 2009, and I've got to pivot, you know, because everything's just dried up. Yeah you, right. you, yeah, you went to stop sign real fast. Yeah, very fast. And so quickly pivoted and figured out uh, distressed real estate. Started going down to the trustee sale and started like calling. auction stuff. Auctions, yeah. Down yeah. to the courthouse steps um, at the auction. Uh, Kind of figured that out pretty quickly, and I started calling. You know, what made you? What made you go to that route? Because you're you're fr- just thinking out, out loud. If you're framing, right, and you're married, have a couple kids, and you have an accounting degree, how does that all of a sudden go into ending up at the courthouse steps? It's funny. It it really came through just contacts. You know, I had a I had a really good friend. I lived on the same street as him, and he started telling me that he is selling REOs. I'm like, what's an REO? This is literally 2008. Acronyms. Yeah. yeah. What does an I'm REO like, mean? It's like, well, it's real estate owned. It's a bank owned property. I'm like, banks own properties? Like, what's going on? And so I literally, I was on my last job. Um, Framing. You were f- finishing. No, this is a general contracting job. Oh, GC. Okay. We were, yeah. Huge remodel. You know, Devin Brianholt. Sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah. when he remodeled, you know, this big old basement home. And yeah. I was on my last, like, I, I didn't have any other work lined up after this. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm talking to my buddy that lives on my street, and he's just like, hey, we're listing these properties. We're selling them for the banks. I'm like, well, do you need help? He's like, yeah, it's actually getting really, really busy. So I went down and did a two-week crash course in real estate, got it done, passed my test. You're 36 hours or whatever it is. Yeah, passed my (laughs) test. And I go into his office, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And he just starts showing me deals. I teamed up with a, uh, a loan officer. And the okay. loan officer's like, hey, you guys got all these REOs. Let's put these like yellow signs out front and just get leads, you know, buyer leads. You know, we could tell like the sign basically said, move into this house for $500 down. Yeah. Because the foreclosures were skyrocketing were, and short sales up. were. They were, they were blowing up. They're just And so there. we were putting these signs out on everybody's. And I was the buyer's agent. These leads are coming in. I'm driving all over Santan Valley. Selling houses for $85,000 a piece, so the commissions weren't all that great. Right. But then is when I learned what the trustee sale is, right? And I'm like, oh, dang. So I started going down the courthouse step. Uh, I started, you know, I was talking to people, a lot of people in construction that now didn't have jobs and yeah. didn't have work. Yeah. And they start finding out what I'm doing, and they're like, well, we want to buy some, right? And then yeah. kind of, it just kind of rolled into a bid service. Yeah, because they had some sort of cash. Then just like, most of them, they lost right. it. They just... They just let it go. They didn't, you know, financially, they, they still had some cash, but yep. they didn't have any, so, any foreseeable I, cash. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, that you know, instant, not instantly, but 
pretty quickly, I had a pretty big client base of sure. investors to buy down at the courthouse steps. And it was, I mean, how, if much, I did, if how, I much, to, how much money were you using of your own money at the time? So Just I was ballpark. Not, not that much. Cause I didn't have any, right. I mean, the market crashed. I think, I mean, I, I was, I was broke, you know? And so cash flow started coming pretty quickly because you got to pay for these houses the next day. Right. Right. You win a bid. Wire. Yeah. You Boom. got, you got to go pay for it the next day and then I make my fee. Right. So luckily if I hadn't have been able to pivot that quickly, then yeah, maybe I would have gone and been an accountant or I would have found a corporate job or something. I don't know. Right. But it happened very, very quickly that then I just started going the distressed real estate route and have been doing that ever since. Ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Ever so, since. So what does that look like when, you know, two years ago, COVID, the COVID season, what does that look like for you guys? When does it when does it get tight for REO stuff? When does that like get tight? It's I mean, or it's, slow. It's, it's, you always if you don't adapt, you die, right? Adapt or die. That's right. kind of the industry that that we're all in, right? I mean, sure. I'm sure yours changes a lot too. Just oh yeah, the way people market doesn't rain, whatever. man. What do you do? Exactly. Yeah, you got to adapt or die. And so you know the the courthouse steps was great. And then, like, all the hedge funds started coming into town, and they were just gobbling everything up. Scooping. And if, you if they weren't one of your clients, you weren't buying houses out of the courthouse, right? And so at they that, just overbid you. Yeah, they just out, yeah. outbidding everybody. Cash. Yeah, <laughs> they're just outbidding everybody. Um, and so we were still able – I mean, I, I still had my – I still have that business today. It's just kind of obsolete. Like, there's not any foreclosures, and sure. nothing's happening really down there. Right, right. Um, but at that point – you know, again, I had to kind of pivot. I had to make some, I went and bought one of those Homevestors franchises. And I ran and operated the seventh largest <laughs> Homevestors franchise in the country um, from 2012 to 2018. In 2018, I sold mine. Mm. Um, so Isn't you're like buyuglyhouses.com type stuff. Yeah, the We Buy Ugly yeah. Houses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see their billboards. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it, and it was a great. I, I love it. It's a franchise and you own it. It is. You own yeah, one of them. I, I own one of them here in, in Arizona. I think there's, I don't know, about 20 of them. Mm. Yeah. And nice so, word. yeah. And, and it was great, great investment and it just kind of doing the same thing, but just pivoting, making some adjustments on your marketing or on how you're getting the houses, you know, how your deal flows coming through the doors is where you kind of have to pivot. And you really Did you still use the it. same relationships from 05, 06, 07 to your spiff from between 12, 2012 to 18? Is it, a, is it a different relationship is a different market so yeah, yeah it's it is a different relationship because for sure different people yeah different target yeah, market for sure i mean you know I, i'm buying distressed real estate right so you're buying houses that that are in need of work or in distressed situations you know probate divorce foreclosure and so it's, it's a different clientele than i was working with when i was building houses you know because right. for little higher end houses they're all custom homes that i that i dealt with i wasn't sure. doing track homes and so, yeah, completely different type of clientele that you're dealing with and marketing too, right? Sure. So it was, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that ever since. And it's just making little changes here and there because it, it's, it's always changing. It's always changing. Always. I mean, now everybody's got their podcast and they've got their social media and they're in, everybody's oh, yeah. an influencer Ugh. and their deal flow is coming through in different ways. And so you gotta <laughs> you gotta learn how to navigate around that. It's funny. It's funny you say you say the word influencer. Like everybody's an influencer. And I was like, oh, you're an influencer. And I'm like, no. I was like, that's <laughs> not how I roll. I don't get paid just to do put stupid videos online. Um, 
but it's funny you said because off camera we were talking about Pace and Morby, how you and I both yeah. know Pace. Yeah. And he even said it on camera just a little bit ago, maybe a month or two ago. He said the word he's like influencer, he's like, give it 24 months. Influencer will not will be it will be it will be it will have no merit. It yeah. won't be a thing. I've, it's gonna be I've gone. Heard that because it's if everybody comes an influencer, then who's who are gonna people look up to? If like, right. oh, if all you're an influencer, then there's no value. There's no separation. How much do they sell the blue check mark for? Oh, it's like 14 bucks a month. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Yeah, once they did that, I was like, oh, there it goes, right? Because anybody and their mom can get that at that right. point. But it's crazy. And, and Pace said that. He's like, dude, 24 months, the, the influencers are getting paid to be influencers. He's like, 98% of them are going to go away. It's just not going to be a thing anymore. Yeah. People getting paid to advertise near brands and all that crap. And I, I truly believe it, too, because you asked me, like, well, why do you do a podcast? I said, I do a podcast for several reasons. One of them is to get my voice out there because I've, I've had success in the past, I don't know, 14 years of being an entrepreneur um, or working for somebody and then starting my own business. Um, but also it's a feeder for those in the blue collar space where they can listen to it because we all have marital issues, right? We all have financial issues and we all, most of us suck at owning a business or running a business in the beginning, right? And right. then as you go, like I said, we're always pivoting and adapting. So you always need some sort of a mentor or a coach to kind of keep you going. That's yeah. what I tell people. I'm a consultant, not a coach. Like, a coach isn't like, oh, take you out and put you in when you do something stupid. Like, you come to me, I tell you exactly the blueprint to do it. You pay me for the blueprint, I give it to you, and then you go implement it. Yeah, and you're yeah, you're you're bringing value. You're, yeah, you're bringing value. It's very simple. To, it's like, oh, how'd client. you do this? Well, I took I took a buddy of mine from one point eight to four million in a year, like n not even a year, ten months. Yeah, right. What, what percentage of that is relied on that 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 person and not you? A lot, yeah. a mean, lot. The higher percentage, I don't, really. I don't want to be a I mean, dick, you, but you, it's, have, you have the blueprint, right? You have yeah. the blueprint, but that person still needs to implement it. Yeah, well, he doesn't implement so it. So give him props that he was very coachable, and he literally did everything I told him to to a T. And that's where like there was no ego. You ha you can't have an ego if you're going to do that, right? Yeah. Because there's other guys that I've taught and taught and taught and coached that still pay me, you know, thousands of dollars, and I coach them every year, and they they're still they're growing but just at a, a fraction of what other people that just like go all in yeah. and a lot of it is ego or they just don't want it then yeah. something i realized that some people don't want a jet some people don't want that they want to make you know 150 250 grand a year have their picket fence live in morrison ranch do their jam and they're like i don't want to i don't need to make a million dollars a year i don't need to make half a million dollars a year it's like i want to do this do it consistently enough pivot where i need to and that's fine and do it and i'm like and they're great people and they're, and they're totally great people. Fine. And I'm it's like, totally okay, fine. cool. But I'm like, but my business is I'm like, but you said you want to do, like, I gave you my book, Eight Phases to Eight Figures. I'm like, eight figures is $10 million. But they go from doing a million dollars in revenue to like three or four. And they go from making, you know, $80,000 a year, making a quarter million. And then they stop. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you stopping? Because <laughs> I didn't stop, right? Yeah. And then I've had to realize, I'm like, not everybody wants to be like me. And not everybody wants to do, like, I want to do $25 million in roofing by 2025. Yeah. That's like. That's awesome. 18 months, yeah. right? And so, like, and, and we did 10 million last year. Yeah. But some people and, just and don't lot, want that. Well, and, and a lot of people, I mean, sometimes they do, right? But they go through life-changing events, right? A divorce or a totally. death or something in their life. Business partnerships. Business partnerships. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, we could go on for hours about that. I mean, those are tough. They're tough, right? right? And, yeah. you know, you have somebody well, that and steals that's they, from that's you. That's when they back up, right? That's when they pump the brakes and they're like, maybe I don't want to do that next time. Yeah. Right. Or maybe like maybe, maybe I don't do that and I go here. Yeah. Right. Or, or maybe they take it so personal and it damages them so bad they kind of crawl under a rock for a while. Yeah. And then it takes them a little time to, to crawl out of it. I mean, I know that. I mean, I, I've been through life stuff. You know, markets up, down, marriage up, marriage down, sure. relationships, kids, yeah. all money. the stuff that. Yeah, money. 
I mean, so it's it's really an emotional roller coaster, and 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 sometimes that's just what it is, right? It's, it's not that somebody doesn't want that; it's that they can't handle that roller coaster and be consistent throughout the way. Well, it's it's funny that you bring up the consistency part, is because that and that's what it requires. I'm like, dude, if you you know working out, right? I'm like, I did it about 18 months ago. I remember like, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna go after it. I'm gonna lose weight. I'm gonna get in shape. Let's do it. I was 275. I'm not like you, six foot. Like five nine, two hundred seven pounds, and it was two hundred. Like I had an inner tube, two hundred seven. It wasn't like evenly distributed, right? I still think you look sexy, right? I appreciate, thank you. Well, I'm like I'm one eighty one eighty seven now, but yeah, I'm freaking. I, I got I found my I found my my rhythm, right? Yeah. But like being consistent, I I remember I went to EOS on Power and Pecos by my house, and I like I maxed out on legs. I haven't been in the gym in like a year, and I maxed out on legs. Stupid idea, number yeah, one. That's how you get first hurt. Time back. Yeah, I didn't get hurt, but I was like, "Let's do this, yeah. dude!" I swore my life I couldn't walk for like three days. Oh, I bet. Like I like I str- any that much anybody time off? like kids sitting on my lap. I was like in like crying like crying, in pain, yeah. right? And I'm like, "This is." I was like, "So guess what?" I was like, "I don't want to go." All of a sudden, my triggers up. Like I don't want to work out. This is how I'm going to feel out there. Work out. This is stupid. Why yeah, do people work out? This is it. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> not worth it. And because um, I was talking to you before about your kid, how he's freaking looks like you'd be on a holster bag, right? Freaking model. But like <laughs> to be 19 again, right? Yeah, to be 19. <laughs> but but the consistency, I was like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go back again, but maybe don't go as hard. But maybe I'll go like two or three times, right? And then I realized, like, I go every day now. In my certain days, in my store, of course I am, because that's how your muscles grow and 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 whatnot. But just being consistent. At the gym, with your diet, with your health, with your fitness, with your marriage, with your finances, with whatever, you can't have those extremisms. You just got to be consistent, right? Yeah. And when you're consistent, somebody asked me, like, I have over 6,000 posts on social media. Like, do you just sit at home all day and post on social media? I'm like, yes, I have nothing else to do, right? <laughs> I'm not married and have five kids and two businesses. But, yeah. um, but I'm like, no, but I do. I started posting in 2010. Yeah. When, and Facebook, somebody told me Facebook was started in like 05, 06. I was like, that's bullshit. I didn't actually look it up. But it really did. But it really, did. I mean, maybe I didn't I didn't catch wind of it or make it a priority until 2010. Now here are 2023, 13 years later. Yeah. And we averaged it. It's like one post a day every day for 13 years. Just one. That's how many you have done? Yeah. On average. Now there's sometimes where I go like five or six, and then from 2010 to 2018, it wasn't. I was just doing it just to do it. Yeah. But I, I wasn't like, well, I can monetize it, and I can get followers from it, and I can get leads from it. Yeah. I thought it was organic. But when I left my uncle's company and went to uh, my buddy Russ's roofing company for a year, I power of relationships that you talk about. Like I literally, gen- I self generated. Some of you, some people know this listening. I self generated. Enough leads. I didn't look at the number of leads. I wish I, I could probably go back and find it if I got into a CRM. But I did $1.8 million in sales, outside sales, that, zero with, leads. For that one year you were with For Russ? the one year. For the one year with Russ. Yeah. Didn't give me one lead. He owns a company called Griffin Roofing. Never gave me a lead, not one. I did $1.8 million of my own relationships just by being consistent, right? And just posting, staying there, whatever. When I left, it's, you did that before too. I've done roofs for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, for Jason, sure. I don't care where you work. Answer your phone, do good work, and we're done. Yeah, I, it, you, like, what company you were with, it didn't matter to me. No, dude, nobody cares. No, That's the thing all. about real estate, man. Like, I work for this brokerage, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, A, B, C, D, E, X, P, Elemental P. Nobody <laughs> freaking cares. You as the person exactly. they want to transact with, yep. right? They don't care who your brokerage is. They don't care where your splits are. They don't care how much you're paying, for, you know, Keller Williams and how much Gary Keller gets, you know, exactly. like, it, nobody cares, yeah. right? They want that's that's where it goes. Like being relationships are huge. 
And that's like been a huge thing for me. Obviously, as you mentioned, you mentioned that twice and I wanted to bring it up. The power of relationships and the relationship you and I have maintained over what, 20 years? Yeah. Literally? Yeah. I mean, in my, in my industry, what I do in, in the wholesale business, you know, buying and selling homes and flipping and, and you know, it's, it's gotten very saturated. Like it's grown. I mean, like I said, I started in 2009 when, you know, the market crashed and there wasn't much of a wholesale before that, I mean, there was. There's some people that were that were doing it before that, but but it was minuscule. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's when it really started getting legs because there was so much spread in, in houses, and you could buy you know so many more deals and all that. But you know, all along the way, I have maintained great relationships with some of the biggest wholesalers, in, not only in Arizona but also across the country. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have your differences. You you have disagreements. You have. Hold on. You know, you, you think one deal should be handled a, a, a different way than somebody else, but you talk through it and you work it out and, and you do the right thing. It's all full circle. You know, I still do business like with Doug Hopkins, right? Sure. Him and I started doing business back in 2010. Do you know yeah. Dylan Martin? Yeah. yeah. So Dylan and I are buddies. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He just built his uh, detached his garage detached and out there. Yeah. I know his Dylan gym well. and his podcast yeah. and all that stuff. He's, I think he's about ready to turn it on and get it cranking, but yeah, it's, you yeah. mentioned Doug and so yeah. Yeah. I've been doing business with them since, I mean, like since the market crashed and forever we were, we were bidding on properties together. We kind of combined our, our, our bid services and you know, Again, you have differences. Not everything is going to go smoothly every single time, right? But you sure. do the right thing. You treat others with respect. How you, you know, how you should be treated, and it all, it all comes full circle, right? So you, how, you screw somebody over one time, right? And that word spreads in whatever industry you're in. I mean, that can you're, do more damage than you'll done. ever know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. And uh, I'll leave it at that because I, I have a story, but I'll leave it. <laughs> people, people know that story about that, but. So going going to that, it's funny how you say building relationships, having relationships, maintaining relationships is huge. But if you burn somebody and oh, yeah. like you do someone it's dirty, it's a hundred times worse than all the things you did right. You could be in business for ten years doing everything right, right? You do one, you screw somebody over one time in a way, and that is just going to spread like wildfire. It's just not, it's not worth. Dude, it. it could bury your business, your family, right. your income, like that several one, things. That one decision. One. Because you wanted to make a little bit more money or you... Isn't it crazy? Whatever. It's it, it, So with talking about partnerships and, and that kind of stuff, I'm like, for what? Right. right? Like, you, like you jeopardize that relationship or burn that one person or screwed over. Uh, Grant Cardone talks about a deal isn't a deal unless both parties win. Right? Yeah. And like it, every time I talk to people about these scenarios that you and I are talking about, it's not like, oh, this person... He screwed him over, but he made millions or like he took off or he like exploded his business. It's, it's very minor right. benefits, but they, they're so short minded about those benefits. Yeah, too many people are like that. And it's, it's very unfortunate. It's like, it's an ethical thing at the end of the day. Right. It just yeah. is. But like, so that's the thing is I always tell people, my dude, and I've had, I've had to write a lot of my wrongs, um, from the previous business that I own my consulting business. And I've had to just go in and eat crow and go in and be like, dude, I'm sorry. I've done it, half a dozen people who I burned, whether it was intentional or not intentional, but I've gone to everybody. And I think I just finished my last, my, it took me six months to get through to get everybody in, uh, whether it's lunches or golf or hang, just, uh, just a simple phone call back. Hey, I want to let you know, I'm sorry for what I did. How can I make it right? It's not easy. Dude, it's, you know it's how humbling it is? Oh, it's not Dude, easy. I've, oh. None of that's easy. None of that's easy to, to, to suck up your pride and, and just do the right thing, even if, even at the end of the day, there's been th- deals that I've had to write checks for that I still didn't feel like I was in the wrong. 
right? But the other person did so, the difference wasn't going to get worked out. Yeah. So you agree on something so that it, so both parties are happy and yep. you go your way, still have good feelings for each other, I mean, as much as you can. Right. Um, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to just hold on to every penny or to, you know, screw somebody over because you're going to make that and much then just more do money. This. So it, it all comes, it all comes full circle. Dude, I have, comes back I just, I just got done paying somebody back 20 G's. I just let them bleed out like a month, every month or every, paid them every week for like five months. Um, because we owed them like 20 G's and, and I, people say, well, dude, like the, you close the business, close the LLC, close the bank accounts. Like we didn't file bankruptcy, but I'm like, dude, well, I still have those liabilities though. Yeah. Right. Like people did me a service in January or whenever, whatever month that was that is still owed, even though we closed doors and, you know, and crushed everything. Like I still have a, a an ethical obligation to those people to fulfill it. Yeah. So I, I freaking just got done paying him 20,000 bucks. I have another buddy that helped us sell the event, right. And bring in clients and sell tickets and all that stuff. He's another 20 G's out of my own pocket. Yeah. Right. And everybody else is like, Oh cool. See you later. Bye. And I'm like, it's, that's not the right thing to do. Because because I can go to bed knowing I've never never fucked one over yeah. ever ever. Yeah. Now and, if and I made the, a mistake, the damage that it could do, do to your image, your name. I mean, because obviously you're, you are your brand. Yes. And so it's thousand just, percent. It's just not worth having that taint your brand. You know, yeah. that Jason Payne brand that you're building. You're working so hard to build. Right. It, it's not worth it to. Yeah. Well, and I and that's why I said because some people said, hey, do you want to you want to keep the keep the fist and keep the menace name and the brand and all that stuff? It's like, dude, it's tainted, man. It's, it's, it's got doo-doo on it yeah. and it's never, it's never going to come away. It might, you might build, build it back and build better and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, nope, not worth it. I'll keep, I'll keep my personal brand and do my own thing. And, you know, thanks to God and, and a lot of other friends and family around me, like haven't skipped a beat. Good and we also you. owned, we also had to, we're coaching 35 business owners that have paid in full for 12 months. Yeah. And some of those dudes were only in two months. Yeah. <laughs> so like, who's going to fulfill the other 10 months? So I do audits. I do weekly calls for 10 months for free. And I'm only like six months in. Yeah. But but I know, like it's gonna like you said, it's gonna come back around. Yeah. Sometimes, but like always think of, especially when it comes to investing and flips and whatnot, like think about the long term. Right? A lot of us we're just in society, media, culture, religion, everything is just so short-sighted. Everything's like right now, right now. They want like immediate, immediate response. They want immediate results. And I'm like, dude, think long-term game. I mean, that's, that says a lot. I mean, when you do do a deal, it needs to make sense for both parties, right? Right. I mean, a lot of times when people talk about guys in my industry, they think, oh, you're out there just taking advantage of people. Well, no, we're not. I mean, we're finding you find a need and you fulfill it, right? You right. satisfy it. They're calling us for a reason to sell their home. They're not calling a realtor. Right. There's there's a reason, right? Totally. There's there's value there's value in in, in everything that we do, and so. But you know what you what you said earlier, it's not easy. It's not easy oh. sucking up the pride and doing what what you're talking about doing. And it's also, it's easy for some people, but it's also not easy staying consistent on a you know year after year and just remaining consistent in doing what you're doing. Um, it, it's it's tough for some people, right? And it's not like they don't have the aspirations and goals to get to the to the level that they want to get. It's just that consistency that's just difficult for them. Well, that's why, like, the health and fitness space is a multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar, you know, empire. 
because people, you know, January 1st, I'm going to lose weight. And then they go buy the Nikes and the, <laughs> and they go buy the first form. They get Andy Frisella podcast and 75 hard yeah. and they get six days in and then they, you know, right. and then, you know, a quarter later they do it and a quarter later or next year they do it over and over and over again. But that's the same business owners like Brandon Dawson, but uh, partners with Grant talks about that. He's like, dude, the average, the average small business owner stays in business for three years, does $2 million in business or a year in revenue and has less than 10 employees. And he said, that's 95% of all small business owners. And they're only in business for two years? Two years. And then they close the doors. And then they're like, I'm out. It's too the, hard. It's too hard. Well, and he's like, well, that's the thing. And Hermosi talks about it like crazy. Like, dude, if you would just not give up, whatever it is, even if you suck at it, if you just not give up, you're you're going to beat out 90% of your competition. That's so true. And that's it. I'm like, dude, I was like, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Like, I have a... A buddy who owns a roofing company, $15 million a year roofing company. He's selling right now. He's like, dude, it's too much stress. I don't want to do it. <laughs> cool. Bring me your number one, all your top sales guys, all your top production people. I know you're marketing, so I'm just going to go take that market. Literally, this happened like two weeks ago. I'm like, nope, not a problem. He's just, he's, I think he's just selling assets and getting rid of it. But I'm like, dude, I was like, you just give up. No, but that, that that's true. I mean, I have... Uh, Massive pressure, though. I've got two kids now. I graduated high school. I mean, one of them worked for you for a minute. And you, yeah, yeah. And you're... you're, you're is it your GM or your your uh, my, what do you call the higher up your crew manager? Or oh, whatever? my production manager, Diego. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. fired him. Yeah. Fired, fired my son, right? Yeah. Rightfully so, right? Yeah. My son wasn't showing up. He was showing up late. He was doing whatever he was doing, just out of high school, trying yeah. to figure his young kid stuff just, out. Yeah. And yeah, and but that's the thing that he has learned because I've told him and his younger brother, who just graduated high school now, and his younger brother is totally different, selling solar, doing great. Nice. But if you just show up and are consistent and you work harder than the other people in your company, that's 90% of the battle. That's 90% of the battle. Right. I mean, especially someone at that level of an employee, right? I mean, that is huge value for like someone like yourself. You know that employee is going to show up. You know that employee is going to be there. Yeah, well, I know. It like, makes them more valuable than 90% of your employees. Yeah, well, just, and like I said, having that consistency, knowing that they're going to show up Monday through Friday, it's very, very comforting for your, your boss to know that. Like, they're going to show up every single day and put in the work. Like, I can work on your skill set, not a problem. We can twist that, adjust, adjust that, go up. But if you don't show up, man, like, I can't show up for you. Right, exactly. Right? Who, uh, who's, who, who had the quote that says you can't outsource push-ups? Elon or some, some oh. I forgot who it was, but some sounds but, like some you'd say. Uh, well, I stole it. <laughs> I definitely say it all the time. I, I quote it all the time yeah. on social media, but it's not my quote. But like, you can't outsource push-ups. Like, however, like Grant Cardone, sixty-five years old, freaking six-pack, like chiseled mofo, yeah. looks good. I don't care how much money you have. The the Musks and the the uh, the Bill Gates and whoever you know, Bezos of the world. It doesn't matter, Zuckerberg's. Like you dudes that go to the gym. I appreciate that because that takes just consistency, right? Yeah. And going in every single day and put it put in the work you cannot, no matter how much money you have, you can't cut a check and be like, okay, I'm gonna have a six pack tomorrow. Dude, especially especially when you get how old are you now? Thirty six. Oh, so you're not that much younger. But dude, once you start getting that age, it's not it's not all that easy. You can't just go once a week and no. and expect what you have. Dude, I work out 19. seven I work out seven days a week. It's a mental thing for me now. Yeah, you're crazy. I work seven <laughs> and it might it might be you're a forty five <laughs> Oh, don't say that. That was that was that was a good. <laughs> You're savage. That was a compliment back in the day. But um, but so that's but that's yeah. I just do it, one. It's more mental for me, right? Like I get it's just it, it's it's. I've been doing it so much. I've done seventy five hard. You know, Andy Versello's program. Uh, I've done it three, four, one, two, three times. 
Like it's just it, now it's in my blood. It's something that, and I, I teach it, I coach it. So now I even have a kid. I have like thirty people I text on a daily basis, and the more every morning when I do my workout or do my pushups, I manually and not on a thread, not yeah. like a not a, a mass, literally individually text like twenty five to thirty males and females for accountability stuff. And I'm like, if I don't do that, but then I'm like. I forgot who said it. Like, oh, you work out five days, but then you you jack off on the weekends. It's like, dude, like, what if you didn't jack off on those two weekends, or if you jacked off on those two weekends, but you still worked out, right? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, how? He's like, you get all this momentum, and then you like <laughs> shit the bed on Saturdays and Sundays. And I'm like, damn straight. It's a reason why you can't, you know. And you have your, you know, you have your one offs where you sleep in and you know whatever. But yeah. it's just been crazy. So yeah, and it's even worse if you if you do shit the bed on the weekend. Because, I mean, it's one thing to have rest days, right? I mean, you can totally. have rest days. So totally. There's top fitness people in the world say to have rest days or whatever. But what you do on your rest day, if you go out and go drinking all weekend and eating shit all weekend, yeah. I mean, it's just... Pound a box of borrows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eating Taco Bell at 1 a.m. I mean, then it really, then you really do fall off the wagon, right? Those yeah. two days now have probably been a whole week of damage. Yeah. Whereas if it's just a rest day and you still... Be consistent with your with whatever else you're doing, then it's not it's not all that bad to give yourself a rest. But it's when you really fall off that wagon and you yeah. You they do. talk about do never do never do both, never not do both on the same day. So don't ever just eat garbage or not work out. You can do one or the other. You can eat garbage, but you got to work out. Yeah. Or you can or you can work out or you don't work out. Sorry, you do work out, you can eat garbage or whatever, right? I, I, that's that's, half the, but if you that's do both, half the reason I work out because I like eating garbage once in a that, while. That's a dude. I love, <laughs> I, dude, Barros, Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm the fast food junkie. Chipotle, I mean, Chipotle is decent, but yeah. like, I love that kind of crap. So I'm like, dude, I just got to put in that much more work because one stop, one stop drinks, like, they're good, but man, they just get fucking old after a while. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they just get, oh, they just, and they run right through you. So it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, my, my son, the 19 year old fitness model, you keep talking about, he yeah. went to one stop for a year and a half. And by the time he was done, dude, I, I didn't want to go back there again. Yeah. So I took like a six month break, but now they're good again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do one like two or three times a week, but dude, I was doing it like, I was doing that and salad and go or Chipotle for like six months nonstop. I just got burnt out. My like, yeah. like it's just not. It's old. It's like I want to eat food, not just to eat healthy, but eat like I want some good flavors I like and cravings. Enjoy, I like to enjoy it. Yes, yeah. I'm like, dude, freaking throw exactly. some salsa or something like that. So. <laughs> exactly. All right, so, Lane, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for hopping on. Um, those that are those are in real estate, like I said, it's the power of relationships, power of staying consistent, right? Not giving up. Uh, pivoting was a huge one that you brought up, right? Yeah. You've had to pivot you gotta be able to in pivot. the past 20 years in business. Like you've had to pivot several times from framing to GCN to doing REOs to flipping houses to, uh, you know, the current market where it's at right now. Um, and, and do that along the way. So, and, and you still look good. Hey, are you 40? I am 44, dude. You're 44. Yeah. Well, you're Ben's age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, Ben's older than me. Is he? Yeah. He's, he's, oh, he's, 47. he's, my, he's my oldest brother, Grant's age. Okay. So yeah, he's got a few years on you. He's got a couple of few years there you on go. me. Yeah. But, there you go. Yeah. I was going to say once, once you get over 40, dude, the going to the gym, yes. is, it doesn't work if you're only going once or twice a week. <laughs> yeah. You got to just stay on it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Cool. I appreciate you having me though, dude. Yeah, dude. I mean, I remember when I met you, you literally, I think we're 13 years old. No, yeah. let's see. You're 36. So that's about seven years. I was, I, I don't even think I was 22 years old yet. I'd just gotten married. I just got married. I was like a yeah. leader in, in your church. Yeah. 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 So you must have, you, you were a teacher. So you were, you, yeah. were, you, had, to been, you had to have been 14. Yeah. I was like 14. junior high, high school. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've been just friends ever since. Staying in touch. I did your addition on your house. Yep. 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 Stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Power relationships, man. Stay in touch. And uh, 
I always tell people, my, I t- tell my sales guys, show up on time, don't be a dick. Two you can do great pieces of advice. You can do those two things. Like it's literally that's like half I, the battle. Yes, you've won. You've won, <laughs> like you won eighty percent of your deals if you just do those two things. But either you're an asshole, or you come off as an asshole, or you don't, or you just don't get the job done. So Love it. cool. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks bud. for listening. Appreciate it.